Welcome into another edition of The Session with Londa and David. My name's David Austin, and sitting across from me, as always, in this beautiful de- denim top. I don't know what just happened to my throat you just there. Stumble? just stumble? No, my, my voice just said no. Oh, interesting. I don't know Hello. why. I don't know why. It's not itchy. I don't know what's going Hello on. Hello and welcome. You look beautiful in your denim top. And Thank you. I got to say... I'm excited to be here doing the session with Londa and David today, brought to you, as always, by Sherwood Austin Solutions. You know somebody who always brings you problems. It's about time to get to know someone who always brings solutions. Sherwood Austin Solutions is a consulting firm that can help you with every type of solution you're looking for, from your business to your home, and everybody knows that a well-run home makes it easier to have a well-run business. It's just it. it yeah, ju- it just yeah. Makes sense. If you have chaos at home, it's it's mm, you know it's not right. We so, we're a, we it's a holistic approach. It really is because Sherwood Austin Solutions are professional problem solvers. Call Londa today at 509-491-2663. That number one more time five zero nine. Four nine one two six six three. No matter how big the problem, Londa can help you find an answer. The number again, 509-491-2663 for Sherwood Austin Solutions. It's a great time to be in business. Why not be in business with us? It's not just me. It that's, makes it sound like they just get me. Well, that's because you're the star of they the show. They get us. They do get us. But you're the star of the show. At least you're the star of my show. Aww. So thank you. It's my job as your partner, your business partner, your husband, and your friend to edify you everywhere I go with everything I do. Love that. That's my job. And I sign up for that. Yes. And that <laughs> brings me to this week's topic of the show. Are Let's you ready? Jump in. I am ready. I was sitting this morning on the couch on a on a early early morning after a very action-packed weekend where we had uh, brunch with some friends. Then we went to a birthday party to celebrate another group of friends. Um, I think, and this may be just me, and you can let me know how you feel about it. Okay. Oh, I will. <laughs> I think it's my job. Okay in everything I do to add value to whomever I am with. I believe that's part of what I do. And as a business person, that I think that's my superpower. Add value to everyone with whom you are in business. I think you need to do that to be successful in business. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's helpful if you can do that mm-hmm. in business. Mm-hmm. Um, my take on it is, I don't know, if I'm not adding value to your life, right? whether in business or not, then then why are we spending time together? That's exactly what I mean. You need to add value in everything you do. And, and you know, it, it doesn't have to be uh, financial. It doesn't have to be. Well, no, no, no. There, there are all kinds of value adds, if that, you will. That's exactly right. Yeah. Like when I'm, in a, when I'm in a group setting, I want to add value to the conversation. 
Mm-hmm. So I make sure I ask questions that are of interest to the group that I'm in. Right. To spark conversation. I do the same. Do you know what I mean? Well, and and yeah, I I ask questions to to make people feel comfortable, mm-hmm. make them feel seen and heard, kind of draw them out. Mm-hmm. I want I want them to know I'm interested in who they are and what they're about. Right. Um but also you uh, Tell the story. This is another way you add value. And I think you um, maybe kind of downplay it because you don't see it as important as the rest of the world sees it. Okay. Tell the story of (laughs) being in the elevator with the the lady in the red dress. Oh, you know what? That happened to me this week. Yeah. And I was talking about with you offline about how Lafayette, Louisiana is a unique place because people that you interact with who are from Lafayette, it's just part of the culture, mm-hmm. are interested in what you think and what you have to say. So I can run into somebody like this lady I ran into in the elevator, a little seasoned. Perfect stranger. Perfect stranger. Never seen her before. I got onto the elevator. In her in a, 70s, maybe? Yeah, 60s, I, w- I would 70s. say that, 60s, 70s. Okay. Um, got into the elevator, and she was in the brightest, reddest dress I had ever seen. It was like a, a sundress, and it was bright red. Mm-hmm. And I walked onto the elevator, looked at her, thought, wow, that is a bright dress. And I said to her, without even thinking, without without even slowing down, I said, holy cow, how pretty do you look in your bright red dress? Summer has begun. And she laughed and felt good. And when she stepped off the elevator three floors later, she kind of floated in the air off the Didn't elevator. Didn't she say, what did she say to you when, when you said that to her? I thought when you told she, me the she story. She said that she hadn't worn it in a long time. and She didn't know if she should. That's exactly right. I didn't know if I should wear it. It's been a long time. And let me tell you, beautiful as can be. Right. This and, is a unique place because a guy can say that to a lady without being creepy and gross well, or without being flirtatious. Well, I think intention matters. So I think you can say that anywhere and intention matters. Right. But but the what's unique about that is your ability to make anyone feel like a million bucks. Well, I definitely feel like she positively reacted to my statement. But here's the thing. Her in that super pretty, bright, bright, bright red dress, which you have to have a ton of confidence to wear in public, Okay, made me feel better just seeing her. And you saying something added value to her day. And that's the point that I'm getting at. I gotcha. Value comes in all kinds of ways. I gotcha. You know? I see. And, you know, any... uh women's restroom at a nightclub you will see that kind of value happening because there's i mean nobody hypes you up like a bunch of girls in the restroom in a nightclub really yeah oh yeah 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 tell me about that and maybe this is why women go to the bathroom together we all become best friends we all tell each other how great we look we yeah yeah that is not part of culture for men there are no um really no personal boundaries in a women's restroom at a nightclub really yeah yeah it's all we're all best friends 
That's fun. Yeah. Everybody's a little loosey goosey. Everybody's been a little drinking loose a little bit. And the compliments flow. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's how women really want to be with each other all the time. Okay. Um, but they don't when they're stone cold sober. Why do you think that is? Because everyone's so worried about being in competition with one another. And when they're a little loose and in the nightclub restroom, uh, you know, all of those um, walls are down, at least partially, and it's the sweetest, kindest, um, you know, most hyped up atmosphere ever. Much like the elevator at the Chase Tower was for me the other day <laughs> when I walked in and that lovely older lady in her red dress. Yeah. And I wonder if she felt a little insecure about it based on what she said back to me. Yes. And Wow, was she so pretty and fun and bubbly looking. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. What a nice deal. And I do think back to you said if you are adding value to um, in your business Mm -hmm. that you will be successful. Um, And and I agree with that. I, I find it almost impossible. Not impossible, but almost impossible to have a business model where you don't purposely add value to everyone from your customers Mm -hmm. to your employees. Mm -hmm. I don't think you can have a sustainable business that your goal is not to add value to your people. I think the only way that you can have a sustainable business, if your goal is not to add value to people, is churning numbers. You're over to, you're turning over, turning over, you're turning over clients, you're turning over employees, kind of turn and burn. Right. Right. And those can be financially successful. But. okay, tell me more. Give me a better example. Give me give me an example of a business where you churn and burn, where it doesn't matter how you leave the customer. (laughs) A lot of multi-level marketings that way. Okay, so multi-level marketing. But but it's not just that. It's, It's numbers. Any business where you're just pumping numbers. Right. Numbers, 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 numbers. If you turn enough numbers mm-hmm. you will get business right it's it's working harder not smarter i got you and you made a comment earlier uh when i i mentioned that but is it good for your soul no is the answer so adding value to other people's lives i i say that that's my goal and something i need to do mm-hmm. it's selfish though The reason it's selfish is because if I know for sure I've added value to your day or your experience or your loan or your whatever business we're helping to consult that day, if I know I'm adding value, Mm -hmm. boy, it makes me feel good. Right. It's a little bit of a hero complex, okay, but it works in my favor and in, in the favor of everyone who comes in contact with you. So let's not... Let's not lose that. <laughs> Let's keep that right right where it is. Let's keep it right there. Um, it is. And I think it takes all different kinds of personalities to make the world go round. And, right. and I'm grateful for that personality. And and uh, I think, you know, I talk often about you can take your trauma and use it to your advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it's, you know, the fear of disappointing someone um, is a big motivation for me a lot of the time. And I think it 
adds value to a lot of people because, uh, you know, I'm, I work really hard so that I don't disappoint people. Sure. I have a lot of systems in place so that I don't miss anything because I don't want to disappoint someone. I gotcha. Right. Well, that's, that's fully trauma based in my life, Mm -hmm. but, but I'm using it, you know, to propel my business forward. And so, you know, the survival skills that we develop over our lifetime and the the lenses that we see the world through, mm-hmm. good, bad, neutral, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, use all of it to your advantage. That's, sure. Yeah. Anyway, I'm kind of getting off in the weeds. But. Well, I, I, I don't think you are. You're explaining, you're helping to explain my point that you need to add value to every situation you're in. Yeah. And, and I do fully believe that if your goal is to lift others up, your life will be lifted as well. Well, you know, to add value to people, you have to know what's important to them. Right. You know, I can add value from my perspective and, and there's some benefit to that, right? To right. other people. Sure. Um, especially because I'm, I'm a nurturer, right? So I love to care and nurture for people. So that has a tendency to just add value intrinsically. Mm-hmm. You're uh, the world's best cheerleader. Like okay. You are the best hype man ever, right? <laughs> just like that lady in the elevator. I mean, you just hyped her up. Um, and so, and that alone adds value and you can go deeper when finding out what, uh, shit, this is good. You can go deeper when, when you find out what's a value to that person. Okay. That and, you're, that you're interacting yeah, with. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then meet them there. Okay. You know? Sure. And so, um, you know, digging and I guess that's why I'm so curious about people. And when I am having a conversation, mm-hmm. I ask a lot of questions mm-hmm. because I want to find out what's, what's of interest to them, what's important to them. What, and part of it is I'm looking for connection points, you know, mm-hmm. but I also just, because I so deeply want people to feel seen and heard. Yes. I want to speak to them in their language. I want to talk to them about what's important to them. Okay. So, uh, you know, part of that is having a broad, uh, I don't know, set of topics that you can discuss. All right. You know, because how do you connect with someone if you can't contribute to the conversation? Right. So I, I think I put it this way um, when we were talking about this previously, um, it's easier to connect with people if you're, you are an interesting person. I got gotcha. you. And if you're not a naturally interesting person, then it's probably, you, you may need to, one, just share more about yourself. Sure. You're not sharing enough about yourself. You're, and, and maybe that's, in my experience, when people tend to not share about themselves very much is there's a lot of shame around their life and they're not sure how people will react and so they don't share. Not realizing... All that stuff is what we connect on. And that's the stuff that makes you interesting. Right. We were having a conversation well, let with me a finish. friend. Let, okay, me, let me give the second okay. part. Okay. So either share more about your life and your perspective confidently mm-hmm. or learn a little bit about some more things. Okay. Be, be you know, to help you yes. um, be or seem a little more interesting what I mean by that is able to contribute to conversation. That's why I believe it's so important to be a big consumer of pop culture. If I know what's going on in the world around me, yeah, I can more easily plug into other people's conversations right. that are of interest <laughs> to them. 
Because yes. maybe if they're talking about something that is happening in the world, right. I've heard about it. Right. And if you haven't heard about it, that can be awkward. You know what I mean? Not being yeah. able to contribute. Okay, but here's a tip. Adds no value. Yes. Here's a tip if you can't contribute. Just learn to ask good questions. Right. David, that's fascinating. Tell me more about that. Well, but that's a contribution, right? Well, it is. And it's a contribution that doesn't require me to know about the topic. I gotcha. Right? I gotcha. Natural curiosity mm-hmm. can edify someone else does and does. and unnatural curiosity is mm-hmm. okay and here's what i mean by that yeah i mean someone who's not naturally curious can learn to ask questions mm-hmm. to seem curious right which and can what add value what you'll find is if you practice this yes after a while you start getting naturally curious about people because here's what happens when you start asking people about the things they're interested in you start hearing people talk with passion right. and fire and right. excitement mm-hmm. and interest and all of a sudden you're like oh my god people are really interesting yes people are fascinating and every single person has a story Yes. Every person has a story. There's no person that has nothing to contribute. It's very true. You know what I mean? So Even somebody who's very quiet and very buttoned up and you're having trouble getting them to talk to you. Right. Even that person has stories that they're probably hiding right. a little bit. Yes. They've, their survival skill is to hide in society. Right. And so, but even drawing those people out is very possible, including, hey, David, you're such a quiet guy, but I just feel like there's a lot more going on inside your head than what you normally share with people. Is that is that true or am I really misreading the situation? Ooh, that's a good I question. guarantee you they're going to chuckle and then you can start asking them, what their hobbies are, what they like to do in their free time. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've got a great question for somebody who's not talkative. Yes. Is if you had three days off work and $3,000, what would you do and where would you go? That's a game show. Let's, let's put that show together. <laughs> we can sell that immediately. <laughs> Three days off and three thousand dollars, and then when three they, and three, if they say, "Oh, oh, well, I don't know." Okay, well, if you did know, if you did know, what would it, what would that look like? What would you do? Where would you go? Would you go somewhere? or Would you stay put? Would you, you know? And we send a camera crew, <laughs> and every person that answers the question gets gets to be in an episode. Three days, three thousand dollars. Yeah, that's a show. Okay, let's pitch that. Okay. To whom do we need to pitch? I don't know. We need a producer for the three on three. I don't know. That's good. That's good stuff. You know, it reminds me, this conversation reminds me a lot of when I was a young broadcaster trying to learn in the industry about how to be a good broadcaster. Mm. And these are the kind of conversations that my peers will actually know my my uh, uh, supervisors, the people above me in broadcasting had to say, right. you know, talking to Jay Walker when I was a kid in radio about what makes a good interview. Fascinating. Yeah, because it's not only about being interested you have to be interesting because that gets the people you're talking to to open right. up right right 
here's a rule of interviewing. Never ask closed-end questions Mm -hmm. because it doesn't go anywhere. Right. If the answer is yes or no, that's the end. You better follow up with tell me more. Right. That's exactly right. You know, now. Because uh, if yes or no is what comes out of their mouth, you got to, oh, sh- well, recalculate. And let me tell you something. That's why people in trials want yes or no answers only. Right. Because then they can stop it from going somewhere unexpected. Right. Hearsay. You know what I mean? That's hearsay. Oh, my God. The Amber Heard and Johnny Depp trial. Dude, I can't. Hilarious. I can't. Hearsay. Waffle, Waffle fries. fries. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Marco. Banana. <laughs> I mean. It's... Banana pumpkin pie. Anyway. Ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. So um, I truly believe, and you haven't convinced me otherwise, <laughs> adding value to everyone you inter- with whom you interact yes. is of critical import. Mm-hmm. The reason i love lafayette louisiana as my home and have always thought of it as my home mm-hmm. even though i've been gone for over 20 years now is people believe that people want that people are interested people are just friendly in strangers yeah they're friendly here you know there's not there's no there stranger are no strangers in no. lafayette louisiana there are, no i haven't run into anyone that i was friendly with that was not friendly back to me. Absolutely. And people who are not from here but come here mm-hmm. fall in love with it. We had a problem mm-hmm. with our pool this week. Our pool mm-hmm. in the Bro Bridge Austin compound is getting it's, a lot. It makes me really uncomfortable. You call it a compound. It just sounds so weird. How about retreat center? I mean, I don't know. Something nice. Compound sounds Waco-ish. Well, the reason I say compound is because I don't (laughs) want some super fan of the podcast to think they can just come here. You know what I mean? Who's going to do that? I don't know. And and I don't, we only have like three super fans and they're awesome. And I don't mind if they come. Right, like, right. Exactly. If John Patrick shows up at our door from Lakeland, Florida, yeah. I'm going to be super thrilled. Yeah. I guarantee I will get a text on Monday. John Patrick actually <laughs> was supposed to come and, and do an overnight right. between here. He was on a trip and then they ended up having to take a different route. Right. So I let you talk tough. I know it's true. But, you know, I heard that growing up from Art Bell. He called his like a high desert compound. I and I believe no. his was because he's oh, a yeah. little kooky. Yeah. Do you know that I was friends with a guy who was in the Air Force with Art Bell and knows him personally, and no. they, and they're both engineer types. Rhett McMahon, the former owner of the Louisiana Network, huh. was in the Air Force with Art Bell. How cool is that? That is very cool. I, where were you going with you were at on the compound? Here at the, in Brobridge, the pool. Oh yes, the pool. Here we go. So we're on back the Austin on track, compound, and we're back. And we're back. The pool in our resort-like backyard um, is a little murky looking, and it has been now for a week or two. And the reason I'm convinced is because the magnolia blossoms are blooming. It's beautiful, and we have like I'm going to say four thousand magnolia trees. We it, have about uh, fifteen on okay, the property. It's, it's like a Southern Gothic tale, right? <laughs> I feel like we're in Savannah yeah. right now, this time of year. We have like fifteen magnolias, like maybe thirty palm trees. Well, they're we, dropping. I mean, they're dropping all of the pollen out of those flowers right now, though. Yeah, directly into the pool. <laughs> directly into my 
eyes, nose, and throat. Yeah, <laughs> it that's feels true. like I'm a little I'm a little stuffed <clears throat> up today because of it. But still, um, I'm convinced the reason the pool is so crazy looking is because it's falling right off the tree and landing right on the step by the by the mm-hmm. trees, right? Uh-huh. So anyway, we hired a pool guy. I hired a pool guy. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you were out of town when I made this call. Yeah. And this kid is so interesting. And I bring him up because he's an example of someone who came here to go to college. Mm -hmm. He's from Bogalusa, Louisiana. He came here to go to college and is never leaving. He bought a house. He's 25 years old. Yep. Young, young, young. Mason. Looks about 19. Yeah. Um, his company's called Le Jardin, which is the garden in French. Yeah, he does look young. In fact, I offered him a soda. Yeah, because... Would you like a soda out of the fridge? <laughs> and then I thought, well, I don't know how old he is. And I thought, or whatever you want. I don't know how old you are. And he said, I'm 25, ma'am. Oh, I wanted to crawl under a rock. Yeah. He, he Anyway, whatever the case, <laughs> that kid is someone who's very interested in yeah. talking to people and getting to know everything about people. Mm-hmm. He's a perfect transplant for Lafayette, Louisiana. Yeah. And and he's in love with our podcast. He said he's learning. A t- he's a young business owner, right? So, right. of course, we wanted to add value to his life. So, shared the podcast with him and gave him a few ideas while he was here and we were talking. And, mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. said he's learned a ton. He actually left us a five-star review. That's nice. Yeah. 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 Super, super kid. Great guy. Anyway, his goals for his business, mm-hmm. I think, are too small. So I talked to him and, about... Well, I'll tell you, though, until he starts tracking everything... That's right. He cannot get bigger. Well, he, <laughs> I now... I I asked him what his goal was, and yeah. I'm not going to say, because okay. everybody okay. has, you know, their yeah, businesses yeah, yeah, yeah. are all... It's like attorney Confidentiality. Right? And he gave me the number <laughs> of how many pools he wants to clean. Mm-hmm. And I said you're not seeing the big picture. And he's like, what do you mean? If I do this, this will be enough to have full-time hours and make Mm -hmm. a very profitable business. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, but what if you're running four different crews doing that many? And and I don't even think he thought of it. Right. Well, I think he's now thinking of it. He is. And he's going to be... Which is why he was listening to the tracking podcast so that he can get his tracking down pat so that he can grow. And he had You cannot duplicate unless you are tracking. That's exactly right. And I said to him, what you need to do is put together a system of what you do at every house. Hello. And if you put together a system of what you do at every single house, no Mm -hmm. matter what the the problem is, you Mm -hmm. do the same thing, then you can replicate yourself. He's got to have an SOP. Standard you know? operating procedure. Yep. And Sop. when he brings somebody on to train them, here here it is. Here's how we do it. That's right. And everything's there. And I felt super comfortable with him because I remember what the pool kids that used to come to our house in Florida looked like. And he does not look like them. No. He looks like um, he just stepped off the campus of Brigham Young University and got a really good haircut and wants to help service the pool. Do you know He's what I mean? Do you, really do you know what I'm nice, saying? He's just a really nice, super clean personable cut. kid. And talk about like, pretty privilege. Great looking kid. Yeah. If any of our daughters were single, I'd be trying to hook them up. Well, Caitlin is, I guess. Well, Caitlin is single and and Ben and David are both single and we don't we don't know how uh yes. Mason <laughs> identifies you know we don't know. anyway okay now we are in the weeds um, yes, and we I need, need to, help we need getting to bring back it. anyway <laughs> whatever the case 
he's a good transplant <laughs> for Lafayette because in my opinion, the people here yeah. want to get to know you. I think I'm a great transplant. Oh, I think you're a great transplant yeah. for here. I feel very at home. When you said to me <laughs> six months ago, when we put our Florida vacation home on the market, Thanksgiving and you, weekend, and you said to me, why haven't we considered Louisiana? I love the people in Lafayette. Yeah. That changed my life. God's honest truth, it's some of the ugliest country I've ever seen. It is not. <laughs> but the people are amazing. You the came Magnolias here the first time in December for Christmas, and we flew into New Orleans, and the ride between New Orleans and Lafayette is all the same over the Atchafalaya Basin. And winter's kind of ugly. That's true. It is. So yeah. that was what you saw in your mind's eye when you pictured Louisiana mm-hmm. until we showed up at Thanksgiving a couple of years later yeah. and we saw nothing but the people and nothing but the people. Right. And that, and that actually brings me to another point. Um, when we, I also had a very different perspective on life mm-hmm. two years later. Okay. Right. Tell me more about two that. Two years into the pandemic, I, I went through 2021 was a very difficult, very challenging year for me uh-huh. and my health. And, um, I still have fallout from that that I'm sure. dealing with. And sure. so I had a very different perspective. Okay. Um, and I knew that I wanted to make a change. Mm-hmm. So I needed to be more open. I gotcha. You know? Yeah. And uh, sit with myself and give myself space and quiet to think about what I what kind of life I wanted next? What, okay. what, what do I want my life to look like? I can tell you one thing that you used to say to me a lot, and it was very disappointing to you when we would have a social event. You often would say, as we debriefed about that social event, mm-hmm. you know what? I didn't feel like it was a very nice time because nobody asked me anything about me. Yep. And let me, <clears throat> I can dig into that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm an Enneagram 8. Okay. And uh, if you don't know anything about the Enneagram, please learn at least a little bit. Um, Tell me a little bit right now, because I don't know really what that means. About the Enneagram? Yeah, tell me, tell, explain it to me like I've never heard of it before. What Um, is the Enneagram? Think, think personality profile. Okay. Holistically. Okay. Spiritual, mental I mean, the whole, it's a, so the, it's a whole person. The scale. Yeah, to, to the 10th degree. It's like personality profiling to the 10th degree. Okay. So you're so, an Enneagram 8, and yes, those people are? Seven and three wings, but. Um, but those people are? Drivers. Drivers. Yeah, and they, so this is a very typical thing about an 8. And again, these are generalities. We don't try to put people in boxes, and there's, you know, whatever. But these are generalities. Okay. Generally, an Enneagram 8 hates small talk. Oh. And we... I am not that. We No, you're a 7. <laughs> uh, we love to get deep. Okay. And that's why I said, I made the comment at the top of the show about, if I'm not bringing value to your life, why are you in relationship with me? Right. And I feel if you're not bringing some kind of value to my life, I don't want to be in relationship with you. Okay. I just think mutually valuable, mutually mutual um, equity, I guess is what I'm talking about. I gotcha. Right? Yes. That is very, very important to an eight. Yes. I hate small talk. 
I, I want to, I want to get in. I want to go deep. I want to know who you are. I want to know what makes you tick. I want to, people who are buttoned up and closed up and tight and cut and cut off. I, you know, I'm going to try to get in there. Right. Um, but at some point I'm going to go, you know what? Uh, if I get together with, like, if you and I get together with a couple. Right. And we hang out once, twice, three times, and we're still. Once, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I knew twice. you were doing that. <laughs> three times a lady. Thank you. Okay. I let you finish. Um, if we're still doing small talk. And having the same conversations over and over. Yes. That's not a love match. We got to we gotta dump them. I am not interested. No, we don't have to dump them. But they will be on the peripheral. I got you. I, I you know, priority-wise, people who really like to get deep and talk, really deep conversation and interesting and, you know... <sighs> that kind of thing it, those people is who i want to be with often okay and and i think it's because i feel challenged with those people and i feel excited and you catch their energy we we had brunch we had some friends over for brunch this weekend and it was mm-hmm. like that it was yes. it was very energetic conversation it was very and she's a little more quiet than he is but they came separately which was fabulous because before he arrived she shared a little bit about her life with us. Sure. It's a motion picture movie. Yes. I mean, incredible. Incredible. It, you know you know what it, she is? She's a mm. side character in the movie Burl. We can write her in. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but but fascinating individual. And then and then he is as well, much more talkative. But the conversation that we had around the table, and I think we spent two hours sitting mm-hmm. around the table having brunch, and the conversation was lively yeah. and deep and interesting interesting and challenging mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know and and the kind of people that you're not afraid to say and i said to him i said you know he was talking about a particular topic and mm-hmm. i said you know i used to really deep dive on that particular topic but what i found is it made me really fearful about my future and really right. um right. you know kind of i kind of started to get a little noodly in the head i said do you ever feel that way and he goes, well, oh, no, 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 I don't feel that. He goes, well, you know, you got to understand I'm a, a combat veteran, and right. which opened a whole nother topic right. of conversation that was interesting. Yes. And people are deep, deep wells. Right. And man, you just keep drawing up another bucket and drawing up another bucket of water. And, and it's just fascinating to me. I was going to say throwing in another penny, but you know, that's different. Well, because you're, you're, you're pulling out of them who yeah. they are, and, yeah. and humanity is so I, rich. And, and I want to see how deep it goes. Yeah, yeah. You know okay, it I goes mean? either way. It goes either way. <laughs> yeah, goes either way. Okay. I hate to interrupt you, but we're 33, 34 minutes into this deal, so we got to get to the question of the week. So what okay. is this week's listener question of the week? This week's question of the week is, how far do you go with referrals? Okay. How far do you follow that relationship up? And let me give you an example. Okay, great. I can give you an example of this. So uh, let's say um, I'm a realtor. Yes. And I am working with a seller. Mm -hmm. And I have a network of contractors as a realtor that I work with on the regular. Yes. Um, 
So I have a seller who needs to, I don't know, have their house cleaned, say. So I refer my cleaning partner from my, you know, team, as it were, to the seller. Yes. How far do I follow that relationship through? That. Do you see what I mean? Yes, that's a great question. And I'll answer as a former education committee chairperson in a BNI group, Business Networking International. Okay. I had to teach on how far do you go with, you know, okay, great. a referral. And the answer is you want to do some light follow-up to make sure everybody did the stuff they wanted to do because you care about not only the person you've referred the business to, you care about the satisfaction of the person who you referred them to. Right. So I would say your responsibility is only to touch back and say, hey, how'd everything go? That's your only responsibility. Mm -hmm. Anything more than that would cause you undue stress. Like, for instance, if um, you... So say, let's use the BNI as an example, because you meet with those people weekly. Yes. And let's say the next week, the cleaner comes back to you and says, hey, your your person you referred me to hasn't paid their bill yet. Okay, that's a great, that's a great question. And the answer is, I'm sorry, I don't want to know the inner workings of your collections process and your business. Thanks, but no thanks. That, that's literally how I would handle yeah. that. You know? Okay. you know, I used to sell radio and sometimes we had businesses that we would interact with that wouldn't pay the radio station. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's not going to help me lift up somebody else's business to be talking smack about the restaurant tour that owes me 20 grand. Right. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I personally right. would shut that line of conversation down because it isn't my business to how you, how you handle your receivables. It's right. not. I don't want to know. Now, if you hire me as a consultant, I can help you clean up your billing. I can help you uh, work to ask the awkward questions to get paid. Right. But I don't want to do that as someone in the periphery. As someone who referred you business, if you have been paid by the person that I referred you to. Sorry, I I have no tie to that. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I and I think it'd be awful to carry around that kind of stress. Mm-hmm. So no thanks. Right. That's how I feel about that. What are your what What are your thoughts? Well, uh, listen, uh, they're not too far different than yours. I made the introduction. Right. That was my contribution. And that's your added value. That was my contribution. Right. Now, how you follow up is however you follow up. Right. It's it's not my job to now feel obligated to even maybe pay that bill. No. Because I, oh, well, this was, this ha- has happened. Okay. And it happens with realtors all the time, by well, the, the way. Oh, the answer is No. That's right. The answer is, I made the connection for you. Right. That was my job. Yes. The rest of it is up to you, how you handle your business, how you follow up, how you collect on the on the bills, how you, whatever, that's on you. Now, I might massage it a little bit by explaining to the seller that, you know, this vendor is used to being paid at the time of service, which by the way, that conversation should have happened with the seller, 
before the service. Right. You know what I'm saying? When they call yes. to set it up or whatever, that's the conversation that should have happened. By the way, so preemptively, they expect to be paid at the time of service. Is that going to work for you? Or should we look for someone else? Well, it, it, so no, listen, I'm answering it from my perspective, right? Do, so then do the not, other, do you not think it's on the, on the, uh, the contractor's, uh, uh, head to kind of say to the customer, Hey, listen, we're coming sure. out on Thursday at three. That's what we, I, we like to get paid before we leave the, the, that's what I just said. Yeah. Oh, it's between, I thought you were talking about the referral guy needs no, to no, make it's that between clear. the contractor and their new client Absolutely. that was just referred to them yes. to have that conversation. Absolutely. Now I might also then say to my homeowner, my seller, right. The client, uh, I'm sorry, I said that backward. I might also say to my referral partner, referral partner, yes, hey, I can appreciate that most of your clients pay you at the time of service. I know I pay all my contractors at the time of service, and I do that so that they are readily available for me, right? However, I know that you know, contractors bill 30, 60, 90 days. I would always ask as a customer, so, just as a customer, hey, send a bill. Do you and, guys bill net 30? How does it work? Yeah. I would ask that. And if they said to me, no, 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 we want to get paid <coughs> paid when we're there, that may make a decision for me. Do right. I do I hire them or right. not hire them? Right. You know what I mean? Yes. Now, typically handyman services, you pay them before they leave, and that's just a general thing. But if that's never said if that's never said, good luck. It's another thing with the the kid that we just hired for our pool work. Right. Love Mason. He felt bad saying to me, hey, do you mind giving me half up front? I said, yes, I mind that. I'd rather give you all of it up front because I don't want to have a lingering bill. So I'd far prefer to pay you up front. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. And I said to him, hey, listen, Mason, you need to not be ashamed to ask for money. Right. Because if you don't ask for it, you may never get it. Right. You need to set that clearly up in advance. And that's all part of this. So do I feel I have any responsibility to the referral partner if something goes wrong in their business interaction with the referral No, Uh, I don't. I don't either. Now, on the flip side, if I refer a referral partner to one of my friends, I owe it to my friend if they don't get good service to report that back to my referral partner. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I being involved in billing has nothing to do. Right. Nope. No, thank you. I'd agree. Yeah. There you go. That's it doesn't reflect on you. That's correct. The quality or the timeliness of another individual. That you don't even know. I mean, you may not even know them. Right. They're just, you know. The responsibility is to the person you refer them to, I think. Yeah. Because if the quality of the work is no good, then I'm not going to refer that business to the to my people again. Right, right. So that's the responsibility. That's where the yeah. responsibility should go, in my opinion. And, you, you know, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but you want to refer good referral partners to friends, family, and customers. Yeah. And again, it's because I think adding value is something you need to do in every day, in every way. And here's how I'd add value to that. Well, I guess if they didn't pay their bill, send them to collections. Okay, maybe. I mean, what what am I supposed to do about it? Yeah. You you know, I, (laughs) you can't, 
add your add someone else's business stress to your personal Hello. life. Do you know what I mean? I'm doing my own billing. That's exactly yeah. right. I'm trying to get paid myself, buddy. Thank oh, you. Great. But no, thank you. That's funny. All right. This has been The Session with Londa and David, brought to you by Sherwood Austin Solutions. Call Londa today if your business needs a boost at 509-491-2663. That number again, 509-491-2663. We'll see you next week.